Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Here's a brief but annoying message to let you know that you could have first heard this episode nine months ago if you were a subscriber to our Iron Filing Society Patreon offering. For the price of a pint and a St. Clements each month, you can get up to four episodes a week, nine months before the rest of the world gets them. Early access to regular episodes, lots of other marvellous benefits, and there's absolutely no adverts or brief but annoying messages like this that will get right on your ticks. Find out more and subscribe now at tftimemachine.com slash ironfilings. Here we go. 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 This is it. This is Top Flight Time Machine. I am Andy Dawson. Pow, pow, pow. I'm Sam Delaney. So what? It's the latest Melchester Odyssey. I don't know which number we're up to, but, um, you know, we're not going to stop. Um, we are at the 3rd of October, 1981, and it's one of those special weeks where you would get Roy or the Roy of the Rover story on the front cover, mm. and it always felt a bit special when that landed on the doormat. I don't know why, but um, there it is. And it's actually, this is a really, really great picture. It's a close-up of Roy uh, blasting the ball past the keeper from about six yards out. Mm. It says, race his rocket. There's no need for him to blast it like that. But, uh, it's completely unnecessarily aggressive, isn't it? <laughs> it is, isn't it? It's yeah. like it's like the sort of person you're playing against your kid, a small child in yeah, the back garden, dad and they're stuff, in golf, isn't it? Yeah, and you smack it so hard it kind of knocks them flying back knocks into the goal, senseless. Yeah, um, but yeah, he looks happier. I think in this picture that is Roy at his very happiest because yeah, so often we see him and we hear him the weight of the world on his shoulders. He can mm. be a world weary man because. Mm. Being player manager is not easy, and a family man. He, he, mm-hmm. The pressure, it well, it pisses him off, doesn't it? But yeah. he looks so. Ah, oh, I tell you what, Blackie, when I've got the ball just six yards out, and I can fucking thump it past that gormless <laughs> keeper, right, and hear the crowd go mad, cheer my name, right, and I barely lift it, I barely broken sweat, right, <laughs> fucking poachers go. I never feel happier than that. Never right? felt more alive. In my old life. And well, Blackie um, is in the background celebrating, of course, isn't he? Oh, right. Arms in the right. Air, yeah. Oh, what a goal. It's the best <laughs> goal of all time. You right. done it again. So good. Come on, let's have a cuddle. Come on, celebrate <laughs> with me. We'll lie, we'll lie on the grass and rub against each other. Do that one that's like humping. Well, like one of us lies on the floor and the other one just jumps in and then before you know it, it's like you're having a dry hump. But it's nothing gay about it, like, because, you know, it's football. Because you've got football. And, and you've, got, you've got clothes on, so it's all right. Yeah. And if you feel something digging into your groin, that could be anything. Could be a hernia. I've had a hernia before. And it's cut right out. A cup would just be khakis. Because I play with my car keys in my shorts because I don't want them to get nicked. That's all that is. And, you know, what would it be in the early 80s? The ref's not that bothered. 
You know, Gary Mappert has got a little pocket that he carries a sugar cube around with on the pitch. <laughs> Just the in case thing. he needs it. John Walk. John Walk, he carries a knife in his sock. And it's all right, because he's never used it. And the rest can't stop him, because apparently it's part of his religion. <laughs> because he is a Sikh. You know he's Sikh, which means he can carry a knife wherever he goes, legally. <laughs> I thought it was because he's a Scotsman, but no, it's because he's a Sikh. It's because he's Sikh. Yeah, you wouldn't have thought it to look at him, but he there is. He's dead Sikh. <laughs> Total Sikh. Um, <laughs> Hardcore, you know. Now, uh, Roy is blasting the ball, as we say, from six yards out past the keeper, who to me looks like some bloke who would work as a delivery man from a brewery. A dreaming or something yeah. like that. He looks like yeah. a. He looks a bit like Fred West might look in 1981. I think he looks supine, kind of look about him. which I'm not sure supine. if that's the word. Someone who is wolf-like. Yeah, it's either supine or lupine. I can't remember which or lupine. is which. Lupine. Yeah, I'm not Should sure which, but yeah, look it, it might up. Be the mate. Same. It might be the same. Look thing. it up. I tell you why. It's because it's handy to have a word like that up your sleeve, isn't it? Yeah, isn't it? You know, supine. Like, supine. Is, yeah. Someone lying face upwards. Oh, so that's not that. <laughs> that's what Blackie Lupine. was talking about. Yeah, yeah. you lie supine, <laughs> and I'll jump on top of you. <laughs> and lupine, uh, it, yeah, it's when something reminds you of a wolf. <laughs> yeah, well, any, anything could be lupine then, because it, sometimes I, everything can remind me of a wolf. <laughs> I could be like... walking around. I could be looking at a jar of peanut butter. In the cupboard, and I could start having wolf thoughts. <laughs> oh, lupine, lupine fucking Ow. butter. It's made me feel all lupine, that. Right, right, right. Listen, like, you, I'll be supine, and you can be lupine. <laughs> yeah, I know what I mean. <laughs> Should we play lupine supine, right? Like we did, like we did on Miss Stag. about that, Bucky. Oh, you know. <laughs> it's just but a fucking go- goal. Let's go loads the- of them. This guy is uh, this this lupine goalkeeper. He's <clears throat> mm. very very lupine, very much like sort of Wolverine. He's got yeah. an amazing big head of hair, uh, big eyebrows, sort of sideburns, big sideburns, um, and he also has a tiny forehead, which mm. I know lots of people have a prejudice against the tiny foreheaded <laughs> community. Really? Yeah. Have you ever heard? You ever heard I've of that? Never- that might be a southern thing I've never come across that yeah, before. Well, I've, heard, I've heard of like prejudices against people whose eyes are too small. I've got a problem mm. with people whose eyes are too small. But Well, but, um, the thing about any facial prejudice is that it's really the worst kind of prejudice. Is it? Because, yeah, it is. Because, um, <laughs> okay. It is because, say, take, take for instance racial prejudice, which mm. is awful. Uh, but, you could say, well, some people do. Whether you think you're racist or not, you, everyone of all races goes around making some broad generalisations about perhaps the character, the the character traits of people of different mm. races. I but that so, yeah. sometimes is extrapolated from like their cultural backgrounds, right? Mm. So you might. So we've been joking about Scotsmen there carrying knives. We have right? racists. And so it's a bit racist, but at the same time, it's based on a, a tiny, tiny seed of truth. In as much as the streets of certain Scottish cities can be violent places, yeah, right. But a facial, a facial prejudice. Yeah, you can't draw any cultural assumptions based on the size of someone's nose, 
or the uh, proximity of their eyes. I mean, mm. it is in t- it, there is nothing to be drawn from that uh, uh, other than, you know, assumptions based on your own cruel prejudice. So mm. you, with you, it's, it's eyes close together. My dad um, is disdainful, not just suspicious of, but disdainful of the small four-headed community. Do you know why? Is he? He thinks, <laughs> he thinks, it, he thinks it denotes stupidity. What, because of a small brain or something like that? Yeah. I mean, of course, that makes absolutely zero biological or uh, scientific sense. No, there is no science, right? There is no, no science to back that up at all. Not but at all. he, the reason I know this is that he will go... I mean, it's almost... I don't want to accuse my dad of being a Nazi because, you know, he prides mm. himself on his liberal viewpoints on most things, but everyone has a, a blind spot. Yeah. And this is like nature stuff, right? It's like, oh, yeah, yeah. they're literally built differently for small foreheaded yeah. folk, right? And he, the reason I know this is when Stephen Gerrard was in his absolute pomp at Liverpool, <laughs> when he was like Roy the Rose and he just scored like wonder goals seemingly every week, right? And was yeah. a one-man team for all those years at Liverpool, right? And everyone thought <clears> he was the absolute bollocks, apart from my dad, who is a contrarian by nature. And he would go, he's overrated, Stephen Gerrard. In fact, I think he's awful. And I'd go, why? How can you say that? And he'd go, well, look at him. He looks stupid. And I said, how can anyone <laughs> look stupid? That is Boy, the most it. ridiculous thing I've ever heard. People can't look stupid, right? And he goes, he can. Look, look at the size of his forehead. It's a tiny forehead. People with tiny foreheads are stupid. And I've never I even just noticed thought, that about Stephen Gerrard. I'm going to have to have a look and see if there have, is a have tiny a look forehead. Now. He might, you know, don't even take my dad's word for it. It might. Oh, yeah. It's it's not. It feels below regulation. Height, yeah. Yeah. It could just be a very low hairline, though. That doesn't exactly. mean it's a, that doesn't mean it's a, a tiny that forehead. Could, that could be the issue with fucking wolf, wolf man here. This wolf goalkeeper. We could just. Yeah. I mean, he's certainly got an enormous head of hair. Maybe his hairline is really low, like that of a wolf. But you know. Anyway, I, I always I lost a bit of respect for my dad when he used to talk about the small foreheaded people like that because I thought it was a, a particularly cruel prejudice. The only comfort I could take from the whole thing was that I um, have an unusually large forehead. <laughs> so although my dad would never outright say, we've been through the issues with my dad and my need for his approval and mm. the fact that he's always withheld that approval... But my dad has never would never say to me, "You're an intelligent person, right?" Ah, oh, right. But in a way, has he tacitly said that by making such a big uh, issue yeah. out of yeah. the the connection between forehead size and intellect? In a way, because he's a, a man of of the olden generations who finds it hard to express his feelings directly, rather than come out and say, "I think you're clever," he's mm. gone. Just so you know. People with four, small foreheads are stupid, mm. therefore leading me to think, oh, well, by that rationale, he thinks large foreheaded people are clever, like me. He's, he's done two things to you there, right? First thing mm. is he's, he's tacitly told you that you're intelligent, which is lovely to know. Yeah. Secondly, he's also told you not to worry about your massive forehead yeah. and not to fear a lot of the uh, mm. retribution that you'll get well, throughout yeah. your life because of that. Because it made me a target at school. A right? massive In target, fact, yeah. For a while, Sorry. my... My nickname was Spam Man, right? Because I had such an enormous spam, right? Because that's what we... I don't know if that's what you call it up north, but we call the Again. forehead the spam. 
again, that wasn't the thing I remember, so that might have been a again a southern at my thing. at my school, my secondary school. There was an epidemic of spamming. Spamming is when you you're walking past another kid, like in mm. the playground or in the classroom or whatever. Usually in the playgrounds, you're passing each other on the way from one lesson to another, and usually an older kid would come out and just go to you as you were walking along, mind your own business. They'd go spam. And smack you full on on the forehead. Bang! So hard sometimes it would leave a handprint there for the rest of the oh, day. That's awful. And that's I awful. was um, I was a, a big target for spamming. And my name became Spam Man. So it was difficult. And spamming became such an epidemic. It was like one of those situations you get where, you know, when the headmaster calls a special assembly to address. <laughs> yeah. To address some a, kind of craze that's taken off. A specific yeah. craze that he's heard of and he's displeased about, right? Yeah. Like, so he's like, I've heard about these yo-yos that people are using. <laughs> Apparently, they are devices that defy gravity and I will not have that, right? <laughs> so he... There um, was one. There was one at my daughter's school about four years ago, probably a bit longer, and it was because they were all going around saying the number 21 all the time. Oh yeah, what was that? What was the significance of it? It wasn't any. It was just yeah. they started doing it, and they just and all so the did teachers it. just don't like it. it they don't know why they heads. don't like it. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. they're just like, so stop going on about twenty-one. We don't understand this. Stop it. So there was a special um, assembly. So yeah, so he did a special assembly about spamming, and said mm. it had to stop, and he'd heard all mm. about it, and it wasn't on, and that was a big deal because we had the sort of our headmaster was called SAS Williams, which we <laughs> were. I mean, can you imagine SAS Williams? There was all these yeah. rumors about like that was his name because he was in the SAS, which of course is absurd. Yeah. I was in the SAS, that's why I call myself SAS Williams. <laughs> that's so what, what they everyone tell us. knows. That's what they tell us knows. on day one. Broadcast <laughs> it to everyone. Tell everyone you're in the SAS. <laughs> Put it on your SAS. name. Change your name to it. What's your name? What's your name, Mister Williams? But what, what's your Christian name? SAS. SAS. I changed my name Fuck to off. SAS so everyone would know. <laughs> so SAS Williams was rarely yeah. seen nowadays oh, my, one of my, them. my daughter's head now is all smiley and accessible kind of friendly and he's yeah. pressing the flesh like a, terms and all that yeah all, just call me Mike all, all headmasters <laughs> and headmistresses now I think um, of second you know of state schools or academies mm. or whatever they're all like and I don't mean this as an insult but they all remind me of shadow cabinet members do you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> They're always like someone who was in like Corbyn's cabinet. No, or Miliband's mm. cabinet. So they're front bench. Yeah, yeah. I'm pension, some shadow pension secretary. I'm also <laughs> their headmaster of Sud- Sunderland Secondary Modern. Do you know what I mean? Anyway. Yeah. Jalapeño. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Jalapeño. My headmaster was like that as well. He was the one that was rarely ever seen. 
Yeah. And we had we had him hiding in the shadows. From about yes, but he was proper old school. He was an absolute cunt. I think he must right. have been about 60, 60 plus when we started school. But um, Brian Gaffney, he was called. Absolute bastard. You never saw him, and when you did see him, it put the shits right up you because you knew yeah. something was going down. You'd only ever get sent to his office if you were going to get caned. Because it was oh, we didn't tough. have cane in at our school. Oh, we must have been on the cusp of the caning being fierce. Did it, become, out, it, be- did it, did it become outlawed at a certain year in the 70s? must have been. Whether it had been outlawed and he still did it and didn't give a fuck, I don't know. But I remember yeah. a few years later, I had an interview with um, Brian Ferry, who went to school yeah. in Washington, which is nearby to where I grew up. Um, and it, one of the questions in the interview was, who was your worst teacher at school? And he said, yeah. Brian Gaffney. Fucking hell. Me and fucking Brian Ferry had the same what worst teacher. What a feeling, teacher. mate. That, ma- that must have been an incredible feeling to know that you were both taught by the same camp. Plus as well, Ferry must have been at school probably early to mid-60s. So this Gaffney had been a cunt for well over 25 yeah. years. He'd been practising it. Oh, he He'd was put the proper. hard yards in. Oh, he had. He totally had. But yeah, Brian Gaffney, Brian Ferry. We got, I got a... There's a teacher who like... Um, so SAS Williams would stay in the shadows like Brian Gaffney. And mm. he, uh, so I wouldn't say he was a huge, he wasn't a huge, I mean, you didn't get sent to him from the cane. At my school, if you got sent to the headmaster, you would get spammed. <laughs> you <were> spamming. <laughs> you go to the headmaster and you know you're going to get spamming. You'd have to go into his office <laughs> and he'd get a big gel of studio line. It was the 80s and he'd slick your hair back. <laughs> To to get full forehead, to get let uh, me see yeah. the entire. Show me your spam. No, the whole thing, Delaney. All of it. All of it, Delaney. I know there's more. Show me. Show me the whole thing. Right. Slick that hair back, boy. Right. Apply the studio line. St- st- studio line <laughs> from L'Oreal. Apply the studio line. Right. Now sit there, very still, and while I put on my spamming gloves. <laughs> which were very wrapped. They had a coarse texture to them. I was going to say, probably the opposite of a snooker referee's glove. Yeah, yeah, they were very coarse, like, to maximise the pain. The yeah, so give you a spamming. But no, he, he didn't show around much, but there was a deputy, he had a few deputies. He had a squadron mm. of them, and they were the ones mm. who were like his SS. His and they'd go out to, And mm. there was this one fucker called Mr Morrison, Scottish bloke, and he was a real, he was basically a cunt, right? Uh, I, yeah, I could start explaining why, but you all know what I mean. Same as I know what you mean about Brian Gaffney. He's yeah, just like cunt. one of life's cunts. And the worst thing he did to me, he was a cunt to me for years, and he didn't like me. And I know what he didn't like about me. Do you know what he didn't like about me? Same thing that? that a lot of people don't like about me. Spam My it? self-confidence, right? <laughs> he saw it as his business to fucking drain kids of Crush that. Crush that out of you at an early age, yeah. And, you know, I couldn't be, I couldn't, nothing would dull it. Right, I, w- mm. I wouldn't let it be squeezed out of me, and he didn't like that. And he did everything he could within his power to to destroy my self esteem. Uh, but on the last day of school, after we'd finished our GCSEs at the end of the fifth year, we were all leaving to go off to sixth form college or whatever. And yeah. there was a disco, like a leavers Whoa. disco. Yeah. But some idiot made up the rule of you having to come dressed smart for it, right? Mm. Um, and which was a stupid idea because it was a normal comprehensive school where it's not like, yeah. you know, the posh schools where everyone has a fucking, has a wardrobe full of tailor-made suits, right? No one's got yeah. a fucking suit. You've all and, worn uniforms for, girls, for five years. You'd think they'd fucking give you a night off, wouldn't you? Just exactly. Wear what you want. 
I mean, they probably thought that we'd like it, but, you know, you've got to understand, this was the era of Manchester, right? Mm. This wasn't like that scene in Greece where they all have a prom and turn yeah. up smart, right? This was, we were all listening to the Happy Mondays. We wanted to come wearing our baggy jeans and so forth, you know? Of course. Um, but I turned up, I didn't have a suit, so I turned up in a pair of, you know, I made an effort. I wore my best chinos, right? Yeah. A shirt that my mum had ironed and I guess nice. my school shoes, right? Cool. You know, my only non-trainers. Your only non-trainers, yeah. <laughs> and, and, and Morrison turned me away. And I could see other guys in there who were Fuck dressed that. in a similar smart, ca- smart casual way to me, right? Yeah. But he just didn't like me. And he said, you can't come in. And I said, are you joking? This is the Leavers disco. What and he was cunt. like, I know what it is. He goes, but you know what the rules are. There was, it was clearly sent out. Everyone knows the sartorial card, code. You can't come in, right? What were you supposed to wear then? A fucking suit. A he wanted suit. me to be wearing a suit. Yeah. I know, but they're smart and then they're smart, isn't they? You, you, I know. you fucking met the remit with what you this told me. This is what I was trying wearing. to say to the cunt. Anyway. Fucking hell. Do you know what I did? This is true. Sounds like an exaggeration, but I literally went outside. It was in the main hall, and I stood up on some steps outside the main hall and literally stared through the window. <laughs> and the worst thing about it was, right, is that the Leavers Disco. The main yeah. appeal was you thought, here is my chance to yeah. get off with all the girls, right, that I've yeah. been meaning to get off with you during my school career and then not yet get round to, right? It was tick, an unspoken tick, thing, wasn't it? That was what tick was going to happen. Yeah. Yeah. Tick, tick some names off, right, before you go. We <laughs> might not see each other again. And, uh, and I, you know, 16-year-old me was very confident that I was going to really... Well, do some numbers that night, this right? It does come as a surprise, yeah. I had the iron shirt, I had the studio line, I'd probably nicked a splash of my brother's O Savage, right? And yeah. I was like, Delaney is going to fucking settle some business tonight, right? <laughs> and then Morrison blocks me, and then I fucking am looking through the window, and I see a circle of three girls, all of whom were on my list for unfinished business oh. and they were all done up lovely in their disco oh. outfits by the way much easier getting off for with each other. Hey, well yeah and I'm like at the window like no no girls no <laughs> let me in right bang, it was bang, banging your fists against the window while your erection scripts against the brickwork <laughs> <laughs> it was like that oh god it was awful and I wasn't allowed in and I waited <laughs> I didn't, and the dignified thing would have been to have gone home, I suppose, but I waited for the disco to end. So, because yeah. I knew there'd be an after party, which there was, but by that stage, nah, there was, everyone had been picked off by that stage. <laughs> Just the dregs left. Oh, it was terrible. <laughs> anyway. Oh, man. Yeah, so that's spamming for you. Yeah. Um, fucking hell. So, what else have we got going on on this cover? Uh, We've got, um, yeah, we've got your man there with the, uh, the 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 lupine fella. We've got Blackie Gray. Um, it says at the top, free sports superstar stickers. That would have been oh. special as well. They're pulling out all yeah, the stops here this stickers. week. They put they must have needed a boost in sales because they've got Roy on the cover. They're giving yeah. away sports superstar stickers. Yeah, and then at the bottom it says part four of our salute to the season booklet. <laughs> Whatever the fuck yes. that was. That sounds weird, doesn't it? Salute. When, salute he, when to I the saw season. it, salute part four of our salute. There's something about the word salute 
yeah. that I find has fascistic it's undertones. Bit, it's a bit Nietzsche again, isn't it? It is a little again. bit. We part four of our salute <laughs> to our Christian God. Imagine our that. white Christian God, football. A white, white Protestant God, the one true God. Right? If if Roy of the Rovers, the magazine was in fact a front for some sort of shadowy kind of religious sect yeah. that was yeah. really well funded from America yeah. or something, right? And it was super well funded and they'd taken over the publishers of Roy of the Rovers. Or perhaps they always were the publishers. They and they said were, if we yeah. start publishing religious um um fascistic um, religious <laughs> literature to try and indoctrinate young people in Britain. Yeah. They'll straight away reject it because the British people don't like, you know, that sort of thing. The, the British people are by their very nature moderates, right? Yeah. But, however, if we play the long game and we launch a popular football title aimed at young men, just mm. the sort of young men who we could do in the army that we would eventually build, right? Yeah. And we lure them in over time, you know, mm. through generations, and then slowly and subtly start dripping the message in Gradually, about yeah. our yeah. one to our one true Protestant white God, <laughs> right? <laughs> then by, we'll, we'll have them so hooked on the adventures of yeah. Roy Race, Blackie Gray, Paco Diaz, and all the others, right? Yeah. That we will be able to sort of brainwash them by the back door. So what we'll do is once we're on to like issue five hundred and twelve. Start doing a pamphlet called "Salute, Salute to, to Your One True Christian White White Protestant <laughs> God." Start ramping it up. They've put yeah. Paco Diaz in as a decoy, yeah. basically. To, to make it look and, like um, they're just Vernon, Vernon Elliot. Yeah, yeah. And if that you way, like, no one will no be on to us. Yeah, <laughs> with a ginger afro. <laughs> <laughs> we will portray. We will subtly portray. Um, those of uh, ethnic descent from the African subcontinent, or indeed mm. those who are Celts with red hair, we will subtly portray them as the weaker, both yeah. both physically and morally. Problematic w- figures. Yeah. Weaker figures within the squad. The non-team players, let us say. Whereas our hero, Roy Race, will be a white Aryan blonde-haired type. A strapping Aryan, blue-eyed... <laughs> stalwart in his views and all of his yeah. behaviours. <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, what you what you said earlier about um, Roy scoring this goal and never looking happier than when he's putting the ball in the back of the net like that. Yeah. Because he, he has had the weight of the world on his shoulders. And over the past few weeks, almost months of this comic, he's had various gradual enemies coming into mm. it, mm. ramping it up. This is really hard for young kids to take in. Do you know what I mean? Imagine if you're a young kid who was living through, uh, for example, the household being split, a marriage breakup, Mm. and all that kind of thing, and you look to Roy Race for some some kind of guidance and some kind of positivity, and Roy's got all this shit going on. Yeah, it's hard work, isn't it? Yeah, exactly, exactly. Well, what do you mean that the kids wouldn't appreciate how stressful it is or that yeah, exactly. it would, they don't, it would they, actually they, be difficult for them yeah. to process because yeah, it would be stressful Yeah, kind of. It's almost them. been... It's turned into almost an adult soap opera. And I Roy's totally got all this shit that. going on. I think that there's definitely... At the, the, we're talking about an era when Dallas was the biggest TV show. Well, yeah. What's to come soon is, of course, well, inspired directly exactly. by yeah, Dallas. Because what you had was you had Corey... 
But the thing about Dallas was, Corey was more for older people, whereas Dallas, mm. everyone watched it, didn't they? Kids. I mean, I was hooked yeah. on Dallas when I was like eight. I never watched it. I didn't never you? watched it. I'll say that. I'll no, tell I you never, what, I, ne- I never got Dallas into Dallas is such a massive candidate for a deep dive at some point in the future. <laughs> oh, fucking hell. I'm telling you, <laughs> the mate. Dallas Odyssey. Dallas is one of the funniest fucking maddest TV shows ever, right? And if, if you've never seen it, that makes me even more enthusiastic about the idea of it. Oh, man. Because right, it then. will blow your... Fa- Did you ever watch Dynasty? I watched Dynasty, yeah. Did you? Avidly. Loved Dynasty. Dynasty's Couldn't get away with Dallas, too. though. Couldn't Dynasty get away with Dallas. Dynasty is... Pr- I don't know. Yeah, Dynasty's all, probably a bit better than Dallas, but it's fucking hard to say either way. I mean, they're both amazing shows both with amazing theme tunes i think they're both getting repeated as well if you look deep into the 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 schedule of the epg they're both i got i got dallas years ago i got a box set of dvds of it did you yeah i've got it i've got the old lot stuff right (laughs) it's fucking brilliant um but i think that there was definitely that was the influence because i read i read the 70s one as you know Mm. recently and that was slightly more innocent. I mean, you know, there was drama, but it was almost all football related. You saw yeah. much less of Roy's off the field problems. It was much yeah. more every week what's happening on the pitch. Are they going to make a new sign in? Maybe mm. Roy might have fallen out with one of the players, but only over something tactical. Do you know what I mean? Mm. Mm. Uh, whereas in this, I think it, they it's, it's <clears> like when we went to the Roy of the Rovers um, exhibition when we were up in Manchester, didn't we? To the um, <laughs> football museum and we weren't quite a lot about the business side of Roy of the Rovers over the years I mean at this this stage we didn't have our suspicions about it being a front for a religious sect right but they were saying about how you know they started ramping things up because it became harder on the newsstand and there was more competition and so they started having to just introduce more and more dramatic storylines and covers to try and lure people in ultimately that sort of stuff usually This ends was the badly. beginning of it, wasn't it? This was the beginning yeah. of it, and it all ended up with Baz Ran and Spando Bally in 1986. Ends up worse well, than we'll, that, we'll, mate. We'll, we'll it ended get to that eventually. The, it ended up in the early noughties with him having his fucking foot blown off in a helicopter <laughs> accident. Yeah. Oh, fucking hell! This is the worst <laughs> thing that could have possibly happened. <laughs> <laughs> Big spoiler there. Well, you know what? We didn't, again, it's one of them where we had the front cover to look at and we didn't get beyond the front cover, unfortunately. Or mm. fortunately, depends how you look at it. But yeah, we'll leave but it you there. heard about spamming and about did. Andy sharing a bastard teacher with Brian Ferry, which Brian is Ferry, easily yeah. my favourite fact of the week so far. Yeah, so there you are. It's not all bad, is it? So mm. we'll be back next week and we'll get back into the story of Melchester Rovers again. Uh, Until thanks then. Thanks for listening. Yeah, and always keep it cunty. Always. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. 
seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program.